You are listening to Big Trouble in Little Podcasts. And here are your hosts, Joe Dove and Andy. peeps and welcome to another edition of big trouble little podcast episode 73 i am joe dubs and i'm andy and uh if you're wondering where we were i had internet problems and now internet is back and now we're having discord problems so we're on google hangouts now (laughs) we haven't been on google hangouts in what since 2014 that's what mine said that was the last time i had used google hangouts it said and I'm pretty much the same thing as me, Andy, and our friend uh, Adam. We had a other podcast back in the day that we used Google Hangouts. But we are here for the final ranking of the Star Trek series, the original Star Trek crew with, uh, you know, Kirk and Spock and Chekhov and all them great folks. Uh, but before we get into that, Andy, what the hell have you been watching? Um, oh, plenty of stuff. Honestly, I've been rewatching a lot of classics lately, but not not entirely. Um, I rewatched uh, Indiana Jones three and two, uh, The Karate Kid, uh, and Glorious Bastards, which I wanted to watch because I went to theaters to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Everyone should go see it. Um, I saw. Reefy, which is a heist movie from France in the 50s. Uh, Overlord, which is a British movie about um, the D-Day invasion. Well, sort of. It's about basic training and that from 75. And a documentary made in France and Switzerland, I think. Uh, it's about an African dictator. Uh, General Ida Edmund Dada, a self-portrait. It's bizarre they they, he's he's a dictator in africa and he's probably not a great leader and so this french documentary crew is going to make a documentary about him but he finds out about it and you would think he'd be like barring him from the country or like having him shot or something like that Mm -hmm. no he like invites them to all these like nice parties and like gives them a bunch of exclusive interviews and sets up a bunch of like big events and stuff for them to film it's crazy. It's it's really interesting. Well, isn't like dictators when they uh, they invite these like film people, they kind of want to show the world that they're he he's like a great person and stuff. That's what he's doing. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to show what a great guy he really is. But it's it's so it's so easy to see between the cracks and see you know the kind of nonsense that's going on in Uganda. It's 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 a really interesting documentary. I recommend it for people who are interested in that kind of thing. Sweet. Um, I haven't been watching, I mean, I've been watching a lot of TV lately. Uh, Netflix has a new show called Another Life. It's kind of like a, uh, a futuristic one, but an alien, uh, artifact come, lands on Earth and they're wondering what this alien artifact is doing. So they go out in space because they had a signal from that artifact from another planet and they want to go meet the aliens and talk to them. 
uh, had a really good like Farscape feel to it, and uh, has Katie Sackoff from Battlestar Galactica as the lead in that one. So I recommend it. Oh, and it has a <laughs> it has the dude from the the Go uh, the Dragon Ball film who played Goku. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I watched the Challenger disaster. Uh, it's about the you know obviously the Challenger uh, shuttle that crashed in 1986, and um, it kind of it, it's a story is about the people who created the O rings because that's what the problem in the Challenger was is the uh, it, it was cold and uh, they launched because when it's cold the O rings don't expand or something like that. And which caused the Challenger to uh, blow up when they launched. It's a documentary. It's not. A, it, it, it's a movie about the people with O rings, but they have to be fictional because they don't want to tell you know what happened in that conference. Because there's a conference between the people uh, who created the O rings and NASA, and there was like a big fight to like don't launch. Uh, the people who made the O-rings said, don't launch. And NASA's like, we got to launch because, you know, during the 80s, the Cold War, and they wanted to, you know, be ahead of the Russians every step of the way. Mm-hmm. I recommend it's on Amazon. Huh. And then I watched a movie called White Chamber on uh, Netflix, which was pretty interesting. It's about, again, another futuristic uh, setting in the UK where they had a civil war and... Uh, a lot of torturing in this white chamber. Uh, what's funny is that we're going to be doing uh, a movie next week, which we'll announce at the end of the show, uh, which has one of the actors in there. <laughs> uh, I can't really... I'll say it at the end of the show who it is. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, other than that, I just those are the three things I actually watch. Usually TV shows take a, a lot of my time. So I don't have enough time for movies. Um, let, let let's get into our uh, Star Trek master list ranking. So at number one and number two and number six, we're pretty much agreeable. Uh, we have Rathacon at number one. At number two, we have the Undiscovered Country, and at number six, we have the worst, uh, the Final Frontier. I guess just for the sake of, of, you know, we always do it the same way. Uh, we can touch back on The Final Frontier, but honestly, there's nothing there's nothing in that movie that is going to even come close to redeeming it. Like, I, there are, it has its fans, but I don't remember what their arguments are for that movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think we talked about it in the episode. Like, there's some decent acting in it, I guess. I don't know. It's just the screenplay is so stupid. The plot's so stupid. The set pieces are so stupid. The movie looks bad. It looks inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's boring. It's dumb. I just didn't care for the uh, the story at all. I mean, it tries to hit up on all the uh, good things that happen in the Rathacon. And obviously, uh, like the the motion picture, uh, yeah. the first one, yeah, where you're like all oh, this I this mysterious planet, just like how in the first one, like this mysterious uh, object is contacting us in some way. 
Yeah, it's like the center of the universe or something. There's um I think it's official. It's in a book or something. There's like a map of the known Star Trek universe and it's got the quadrants and it talks about, you know, the wormhole in Deep Space Nine and where it goes and where the Borg come from. But it's kinda of interesting because it shows each journey of the Enterprise and the one for Final Frontier is like toward the center of the galaxy. It's like in the 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 shining center of it and i thought that was a little on the nose but it's it's kind of neat it's a neat map to look at mm -hmm. i mean the primal frontier had its moments uh spock's brother was pretty good um yeah yeah i mean the actor was great yeah william shatner did pretty decent at times when he had to be acting wise not directing wise yeah the directing was not that great other than that like the payoff about you know it being God and then not being God kind of thing. Yeah, what did God need with a starship? Yeah. I, that's going to be an iconic line, I guess, from that movie. But overall, I, I'm guessing me and you just fell short on this movie and thought it was the weakest of the six. Yep. I I don't think anyone can argue that. Mm -hmm. uh, Undiscovered Country. I this is the debate I had with Rathacon. Rathacon was like a well-structured movie from beginning to end. Uh, Undiscovered Country did have its hiccups a little bit, but... It got boring when they were in prison. Yeah. Um, but the whole, you know, dinner scene with the Klingons and then uh, the assassin scene and the trial, just and, yeah. then, and then obviously the, you know, attempted assassination on the president scene was really fucking cool i uh i i think that there's a really good argument to be made that the first half or so first third of that movie is arguably better than all of wrath of khan maybe mm -hmm. i mean i could I, I could see that uh the only problem is i understand it's not very star trekky there are no there are no battles in space there's no uh, we have to solve this problem with science and interesting thinking. It's just kind of a Cold War drama in a way. But it's, it's super interesting. And I love the sets and I love the costumes. And I love everything. Yeah, you were talking about how it had that Cold War, you know, submarine feel to it. Which, which, which was fucking awesome in this film. But uh, obviously, our number one is The Wrath of Khan. I think that's. I think that's going to be everybody's number one film. Yeah, I mean, there's there's people I think will say, oh no, but my favorite is blank. But I, I don't think anyone can disagree that Rathacon is the best made Star Trek movie. Best villain, by the way. Uh, with yeah, best Khan. villain. Uh, Montalban kills it. He's the best. Mm -hmm. And just the story of like the, you know, uh, the Genesis weapon. And by the way, you're going to be hearing noises because there's people that, you know, don't know how to be, like, to be quiet in my house. But, uh, yeah, like, Khan was fucking amazing. I, I love the whole Genesis thing. And it kind of sets up for, you know, search for Spock kind of thing. Uh, it had that iconic Khan! And then the iconic of, you know, Spock... Uh, uh, sacrificing himself to save the ship and the mission. You know, that famous line that he does, you know, what was it, one save the many or something like that? The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yeah, there you go. Who said <laughs> yeah. that? You did, Jesus. You did. <laughs> That's from South Park. 
<laughs> but uh, overall, like from beginning to end, it was a solid movie. I did not get bored at any point. I don't think so. I I think in the beginning I was kind of like, what are they doing on this planet? But that's like obviously the setup of Khan being on this uh, dead planet with these other people. Yeah, the closest I get to to bored is when they they beam into. The, the subterranean area and they think they're trapped there and they think the Enterprise has to do repairs but they actually lied over the radio there's a little bit of like exposition there and it's just like oh where have you been this is your son you idiot kind of stuff mm-hmm. I got barely a tiny tiny little bit bored there but otherwise the movie is excellently paced mm-hmm. yeah so again probably one of the most iconic and best uh, Star Trek films that I've watched so far. It's one of the most iconic sci-fi films. It might be one of just the most iconic just action summer kind of movie experiences. I mean, it ranks up there with Star Wars, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, me watching Star Trek lately has been making me like Star Trek a little bit more than Star Wars, probably because of, you know, so I'm so into politics that Star Trek does take a little politics stance a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And people like to compare the two, but it's kind of, I mean, and I, I just did it. So, you know, but people like to compare the two, but it's kind of unfair because they aren't the same. They both have star in the name and they both are like weird and futuristic, but Star Wars is very much science fantasy, but Star Trek has always very much been science fiction. They always want to, this this could be the future. This is realistic, ish. Yeah, like because <laughs> because Jedi and Sith are kind of like religions. But <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, what I liked about Star Trek films is that they use literature in their uh, like script. But you know, obviously Moby Dick and Hamlet and all that stuff. I I still find it funny that. Uh, Klingons <laughs> have their own version of Hamlet or uh, William Shakespeare. I mean, they say that Shakespeare was originally a Klingon. It's a weird. I wish I, I wish I knew more about it off the top of my head, but it's like a weird thing from Star Trek lore where they say um, William Shakespeare was actually, and it's like a Klingon name that sounds like William Shakespeare, and there was some weird circumstance that his stuff was translated to middle english or something I, I i don't know i really wish i knew all the details of it but it's really interesting and they've actually published books here in the real world um that is all of i think it's hamlet in uh klingon because klingon is a real language that they invented specifically for the movies and the show mm-hmm. so it's pretty funny <laughs> Alright, so there are three movies that we are different about in our ranking. Because you have, in, in the number three, four, and five, you have The Search Spock for number three, you have The Voyage Home for number four, and number five, you have The Motion Picture. Yeah, I already kind of regret that a little bit, because I actually like The Motion Picture a whole lot more than that. But I don't know. It's just... I was trying to think which one was the most entertaining. I think I watched too much Best of the Worst, and that's what they're always preaching. Uh, the best one for any reason. The, most, the one you most enjoyed. And I think that kind of gets in my head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm ready to start making some concessions. Specifically, I think the best place to start is with the motion picture, because it deserves to be higher than five. 
It's just I was trying to go with I had more fun watching the search for uh, the voyage home than I did motion picture, arguably, because there are parts of the motion picture that just drag so hard. I, it drags, but I think it was a good introduction in the you know film. It had that you know iconic pan of the Enterprise, and the music was just fucking great in the motion picture. And then obviously, I like the payoff. I like that you know this mysterious. Uh, they thought it was a, a somebody like a, a, another alien uh, contacting them, and then you find out it was the satellite that that they Voyager Six, I think they call it. Which in real life there is no Voyager Six, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty awesome of that, and there's a lot of of lore that I don't think is. Uh, proven yet that that thing is like the start of the Borg in some way because of what happens at the end when they do take the two two uh, humans or was one a, uh, a Vulcan I already feel that we watched that movie so long ago I forgot who the people were in there but like Am, am I right about that? Like, this, there was, like, uh, some theories that, you know, this was the start of the Borg. Yeah, but, I mean, we talked about it, and I, I don't think it's true. It's yeah. largely it's largely kind of debunked by both people associated directly with production of Star Trek and also, you know, fans who are well-read. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was shot really well, and I think everybody in that film did really good acting-wise. Um it wanted to be like there, there is science fiction action and they didn't want to do that. They wanted to be 2001 a Space Odyssey, the Andromeda Strain. It's actually, I think it's directed by the guy who directed the Andromeda Strain. Mm-hmm. And in that way, it nails it. But I don't know if Star Trek is the right, I don't know if you're painting in the right color palette, if you've got your Star Trek color palette and you want to do that. And there are people who disagree with me. and. I can understand what what they're saying, but Star Trek just needs a little bit of of excitement. There's got to be something else going on. There's got to be a little bit of action in there. I'm not saying there's no action in it, but it's just I feel like the the parts were wrong. So, what are you looking at in the motion picture? Are you looking at it as a number four, or you are you uh, going spicy like me with a number three? It's at least number four. It's definitely not number five. I figure, what do you think should be number five, and then we'll we'll negotiate between the two that remain. Um, because I did like the search for Spock a little bit more, but it, the Voyage Home did have a fun story. Um, I thought the concept of taking whales from the past and then bring them to the future was pretty awesome Um, yeah i've been thinking about that too like the voyage home we both ranked it lower than search for spock but it's so much more memorable like i'm kind of having a hard time remembering what i loved about search for spock in a way and the voyage home i can remember specific scenes and lines situations that i thought were super fun super funny Exciting, interesting, thrilling. And it does better than uh, the other Planet of the Apes movie where they do uh, 
you escape. Know, yeah. Yeah, they go into like the civilian, you know, present time kind of thing. And I believe Star Trek does a lot, a lot more better because of the actors in it and obviously the budget. Mm -hmm. uh, but come to think of it, I'm trying to think with Search for Spock what I like about it. And right, that's what I'm saying. Like at the time, we must have thought it was better because we both ranked it higher. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think we might have to bring up. Uh, the voyage home over Spock, uh, search for Spock, because yeah, I kind of feel search for Spock can go at five. It's not fair because the villain Cruz or whatever, Cruz, he's great. Uh, I love that actor, it's such an interesting place to put him, um, Christopher Lloyd. But I can't, I can barely remember, you know, they're they're like. I need to charter a ship, and then they steal the Enterprise, and I still have trouble. If they like use a skeleton crew. I don't whatever. Um, yeah, I, it's just less memorable. I think in the heat of the moment, you're like, "Yeah, it was a fun movie," but it it just doesn't stick with you. Mm -hmm. And then the pay like crew killing uh, Spock, not Spock, uh, Kirk's son, David. Yeah, I just didn't feel for it like i feel like if somebody like for example like uh the people that were with khan let's say one was left on the planet and somehow he uh found uh kirk and he wanted to do revenge because he killed his you know uh probably father figure into khan i'm just thinking of like a side story i think that would have a better payoff of you know killing david but then you wouldn't get an undiscovered country where he hates the Klingons because they killed his son. Yeah, it, it does have a good payoff, but mm -hmm. could have been handled a little more interestingly. I guess it just—it's such a such a nothing scene, and it's 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 a nobody that kills him too. Yeah, and I feel like Search for Spock was like the set was cheap, and it, I just felt like it had a low budget in a way. I think Voyage Home probably had a low budget too, but it got to use real world locations, so it 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 cheated a little bit. But you know, cheated for the best. Mm -hmm. Christopher Lloyd, uh, I felt like he did an okay Klingon, but at times I was just like, "Oh, that's uh, Doc Brown <laughs> under there." Yeah, it should have been another great actor who is less um, recognizable. Yeah, true. Yeah, so I think we're in agreement that Search for Spock should be at number five. So I I think the battle here is the motion picture versus the voyage home. Um, what do you think? Because in my opinion, I think the motion picture should be at number three because I, I felt like the voyage home was a little hokey in a way, mostly. And then when they had to be serious... It, uh, of getting the whales back home because obviously you know they're getting uh killed by the alien artifact um so it's down to hokey versus like i guess seriousness like like you said before you know 2001 space odyssey uh i'm trying to think of it like an example for the voyage home uh he just escaped from the planet of the apes yeah 
And I, I truly think that the motion picture should go higher because of that. Yeah, I think it's more like quintessential Star Trek. Like, as far as our individual tastes are concerned, mm-hmm. I think our lists are, you know, unreproachable. It's That's what we think. But I guess as far as a master list goes, the motion picture really should be at number three. Yeah, it's it's Star trek It's... I don't know, you know, it started it. There's always a lot to be said for the first, the original, for for New Hope, for Rocky One, for whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think The Voyage Home, in a sense, it, it it's kind of like another episode of, you know, any Star Trek show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it and, to a lesser extent, uh, Search for Spock both feel that way. They feel like, oh, this could have been a two-parter. This could have been two episodes of a show. All right, so I think we're in agreement here. Not a lot of debate in this one, like the last one. Yeah, for Planet of the Apes, we got we got pretty heated, but for Star Trek, I think it was a little easier. Mm-hmm. I I think it will be more interesting in our next uh, movies that we're going to be doing. But hold on a second, get this here, and I'll tell you what the final list is going to be. I'll actually I'll have Andy say the final list. So go Let's ahead, see. start at number the- six. The Master, Big Trouble in Little Podcast, Star Trek ranking, probably looks like a lot of other Star Trek movie rankings. Bearing in mind, we have done only in the originals, and later on, we'll look at Next Generation, and then the uh, Kelvin-verse, I think it's called, and then we'll integrate them, or something like that. We'll see. But anyway, for now, the Master list of the original six movies with the original cast. Number one, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, of course. Number two, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Number three, Star Trek The Motion Picture. Number four, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Number five is Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. And number six is Star Trek V, The Final Failure Frontier. <laughs> and there's our, there's our, you know, ranking of Star Trek. And uh, I think it looks nice. I'll say that. And not a lot of disagreement more of agreement but man i really do love star trek (laughs) yeah i'd watch almost any of them again right now if there was someone that was like you know i've never seen voyage home let's watch it it's a great movie if they wanted to watch final frontier though i'd tell them to wait till later so we can drink Mm -hmm. i think the the you know the last two search for spock and uh final frontier i think you know have some beers or have some liquor and you'll you'll enjoy the films a little bit more (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah search for spock i think you can enjoy without without substances but it'll make it'll crank the enjoyment up a little bit more mm-hmm. especially with christopher lloyd in it oh yeah anyways uh our next films that we're going to be watching is kind of going to be a crossover between the um, uh our buddy zach uh we do me and zach do the nemesis project the resident evil ranking of the games so he brought up an idea that, hey, maybe we should re- review the Resident Evil movies. I said, that sounds like a great idea, but like, <laughs> they are bad movies. Uh, I stopped watching after three. And if anybody remembers three is when they were um, the whole world is like a desert. And I was like, what is going on here? But uh we will be starting Resident Evil 
uh, the one that came out in 2002, which I was super hyped for when that uh, movie got announced, by the way. But then I scratched my head when I was like, who the fuck is Alice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really dropped the ball on incorporating Resident Evil into the movie called Resident Evil. It's mm. just just like the games where they try to be a little bit different and then people are just like, well, where's my Leon or where's my Chris Redfield? And then they're just like, all right, here's everybody. <laughs> kind of like how they do it in Resident Evil 6, uh, where they just say, fuck it, here's, you wanted it, here's everybody. But uh, yeah, we're going to be doing, doing Resident Evil, so keep an eye out on that. And also keep an eye out on the Nemesis Project, because me... Zach and Andy just recorded uh, the Resident Evil 4 uh, portion of the ranking in our uh, Resident Evil games and stuff. So wait for that, which is going to be on YouTube, which is also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you search Nerd of You Network. And if you want to, if you know what Podbean is, go to novnetwork.podbean.com and that will be there too. And, uh, you know, give us a review. You know, give us a comment. We know you're downloading. We just want to say hi. And even if you write hi in the comments, we'll go, hey, how's it going? <laughs> we just hey, want... how are you doing? <laughs> we just want to know if you're there. Just as a, a slight teaser for where we're going uh, to Resident Evil after this, just out of curiosity, you know, we watched the Planet of the Apes movies, and the first one is considered an absolute classic part of the cultural Zeke guys. Of science fiction it's referenced everywhere and all the sequels uh, give or take except for the new ones which are also critically acclaimed star trek one of the most famous franchises in the history of fiction um great storytelling great acting very famous now we're gonna watch resident evil and just just to give you in case you have no idea of their reputation i just looked up uh, just the rotten tomatoes scores it's usually a good median you can say what you want about rotten tomatoes but resident evil one has a Rotten Tomato score of 35% of a possible 100. Resident Evil Apocalypse has 20%. Oh, Extinction, no. 23%. Resident Evil Afterlife, 23%. <laughs> Resident Evil Retribution, 29%. Resident Evil The Final Chapter, which came out in 2017, has 38%, the highest of the series, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Really? I would have assumed it was the first one, but whatever because what's great is the first one and second were were okay like i won't say it's like the greatest film ever but like i was i was satisfied in apocalypse just because of nemesis is in it and uh they kind of do some resident evil stuff and resident evil one is just like here's this like uh mansion and guess and here's this like underground laboratory and i was like all right that kind of you know and there's zombies so and a liquor mm -hmm. <laughs> but other than that um yeah it's gonna be an interesting ranking because they're all bad movies yep man so keep an eye on that and uh obviously um because i am gonna be going to see probably uh that quentin tarantino movie once upon a time in hollywood so keep an eye out for a now playing with me and andy so that we could talk about it. And we still need to see Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I need to see a bunch of stuff. And yeah, just, you know, been busy and no money lately. But until next time, everybody, we'll see you on another edition of Big Trouble Podcast with the shitty Resident Evil movies. 
See you guys later. Thanks for listening.